You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be... Come here. Can you come here? Do I smell like boiled hot dog water? I think you smell bong water in yourself, Jackie. Oh, again oh hello welcome to the carpenter queens podcast the weekly pop culture horror queer show where we talk the best and worst the horror genre has to offer we come to you live from the tcq video store your favorite vhs rental spot where you can pick up the horror classics for only 69 cents a day hi i'm the girl cry eating at prom my name is nick Oh, so sad. Josie, grossy. Josie, <laughs> grossy. Hi, I'm your fave Mexican queer television channel, Raimundo Telemundo. I'm Raymond. That was a good one. That was a good one. I, you got me there, bitch. <laughs> Hello, Thanks. our hilarious and spooky kooky queerdos. Oh, that's a tongue twister. We have entered our last month of our second season. What? A ride, and we want to end things on a very fun note. We're now in April, which can only mean one thing. Time to break your funny bone with our themed month of April Fools. Time to talk side-splitting horror comedies. What is technically a horror comedy? According to Oxford, Quote, a horror comedy is the generic hybrid that deliberately provokes an emotional shift from terror, suspense, or dread to hilarity. In horror comedy, it's relative. A playful tone predominates, but it is undercut by horrific or startling events or effects. Ugh, that was too collegiate for me. Can you name any horror comedies that are classics to you? Mmm, The Addams Family. For Ooh, sure. good one. Um, and one of them we're covering this month, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mistress of the Dark. I love that one. That's a great one. I would also consider another one we're covering this month, Shaun of the Dead, like literally <gasps> one of the greatest ones yes. <laughs> to come yes. out for horror comedies. Uh, Idle Hands, Scary Movie, I would also put up there. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. highly consider that a horror comedy. If uh, anyone sees, Yeah, I guess. I feel like... It's more comedy sp- and spoofing. It is. I just feel like it's more spoof, like more like along the lines of like airplane uh, space balls type of thing. But it's still, it's still very much horror comedy. No, I can absolutely see that. It definitely teeters. There are moments where it's a little scary, kind of, maybe, if you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) Cooties is great. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is another one that people tell me to watch. Some people consider... I didn't for that one. I didn't either, but that's a whole other episode. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original from (gasps) 1980. Yes! Thank Pee-wee you. Pee Herman. Yes, thank you. I don't know how... How'd you I forget it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because I haven't seen it in so long. We're going to have to cover it at some point. Hold on, let me pull my water down because I got something to say. Ooh. I love the original 1980-something Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. So good. The, for, I, people are going to come for me. I've never seen the Buffy the Vampire show. Sorry, I'm not saying I dislike it or anything. I just never watched it. So for years, like when people were talking about Buffy, I thought they were talking about 1980 whatever <laughs> Buffy, the movie. That's my Buffy. But um, I, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. It's very good. 
It's very good. It's hilarious. And I love that this somehow turned into Buffy the Vampire Slayer that people now recollect with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Why not? <laughs> but this but this genre is just so ripe with fantastic movies, and I'm so excited to head in there. This month, we are also introducing a new super 80s computer to help us figure out the scale of which we have a horror comedy. On top of our normal ratings for every week's picks, we are also going to set a scale for the movie. What is the percentage of horror, and what is the percentage of comedy? Let's check the computer to find out at the end of the episode. Hmm. Hmm. They'll be the judge of that. Listeners, it's time for a bloody twist on an old favorite film. This week, we swap bodies with the deranged and highly hilarious 2020 flick that flew under the radars. We are talking Freaky. And now, our feature presentation. This slasher comedy is available on many streaming sites, so there's no excuse not to see this. The streaming sites are HBO Max, Boom, HBO, Boom, MaxGo, Boom, DirecTV, Ow. and Cinemax. Wow. Hello. There is no I know you have at least one of these streaming sites. And if you don't Or at least like, a if friend you don't pay, who has I was just about to say if you don't pay for yourself, <laughs> then a friend's got it. There's no it okay, hold on. I don't want to give my review away just away just Ooh, yet. But I'm just saying that there's emotions today. There are ways to watch this film. Please watch this film. That's that I will say. I'll give that away. But before we talk about this movie, let's head on over to your grandma's favorite segment. <laughs> 420, which is smoking. It's good for her glaucoma. <laughs> Speaking of glaucoma, what did you smoke with this week's What did I smoke? I had... Is that glitter apple over there? I don't feel like getting up. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a sativa. Um, I had glitter apple, and I needed something that was gonna keep me loosey-goosey, but also, like... I needed to also be aware of what was going on because this movie has a very, like, um, believable storyline to it. Like, I feel like most horror comedies... Well, okay, feasible, I should say. Not believable, feasible. Um, Because I feel like most horror comedies are very outrageous. So I felt like this swapping of the... Stop making faces! I can't even get through this segment because Jackie's over here f***ing making faces. Jeez. I feel like what? Britney Spears when she finds out Ryan Seacrest is straight. She's just like, <laughs> or uh, when what? what was it? Little Mix made it to the finals. She was like, <laughs> what? Okay. The only reason why I'm making those faces is that you're stating like, in order for a comedy to be su- successful, everything has to be heightened. There has to be a heightened sense of reality for you to. So for you to say like, this is feasible, girl. Aztec curses with a magic knife. Girl, (laughs) don't you have one? (laughs) I keep mine under the bed, bitch. I live in LA. But before we move on, I smoked some weed too. Cool, awesome. So going forward, this movie is fantastic. And the reason why it's fantastic is that we both love, literally love on an unhealthy level, Freaky Friday, (laughs) specifically Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Because, hello, Jamie Lee. When do we see Jamie's breasts? Jamie Lee... (laughs) In a Disney movie, of course. Show me your tit. <laughs> we love this concept. It's great. We love Lindsay Lohan in that movie. We love Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just mm-hmm. a great concept to to give your characters chances to be f-ing 
hilarious. And this specific movie, it's regarded as a, quote, high-concept comedy horror film. It's a lot of words. And it's up there with Happy Death Day, and it's directed by the same director, so it's within tone. But this is going to be followed up by what is being described as a, quote, back to the future, but a slasher. So this is like a new thing of we're going to take familiar concepts and make it a horror comedy. I'm kind of on board. I am totally on board, because I love Back to the Future. You do. You have a. You really do love Back to the Future. I like Happy Death Day. I still haven't seen Happy Death Day to you. I heard it's fun. I, I did. I think I did watch it. Both great. How do you feel about this new idea of like hot quote unquote high concept horror films? I like it. I like I it a lot. I and do I, too. I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are like, no, we got to stick to grassroots here. Slashers, this and this and that. Don't get me wrong. We have all the love and respect for the classics, for slashers, mm-hmm. for the original OGs. I'm just saying, like, for people who love the genre, they're gonna wanna, like... Shush it up, everyone. Not only shush it up, but bring their own stank to the party. Bring their own stank to the genre. If they mm-hmm. want, like, I feel like the people who are making these movies are fans of horror movies. And so they wanna come oh, and bring yeah. a new little twist on a classic. and. Bitch, this was so much fun. Oh my god, it's so much- Are you ready? I th- it feels like you're ready to talk about this movie. So I'm ready. Let us check out the VHS with special features and find out very little <laughs> of how this movie was made. Freaky was released November 13th, 2020 with a runtime of 1 hour and 42 minutes. It is rated a very deliciously bloody R. Arrgh! Moving on to taglines. Friday, 13th of November. Okay. A body swap that cuts deep. Basic switch. Killer new look. Uh, these are fine. I really don't... These don't really give me... What's me with anything. the Friday the 13th of November? Because this movie came out on Friday the 13th in November. Like, uh, why does that need to be your tagline? As n- Don't look at me. Look at Blumhouse. Um, I like the body swap that cuts deep. That's cute. Basic switch, killer new look. Sure. I think I like the second one the best. A body swap that cuts deep. I don't think you need it. Because the poster of this one was one of the more memorable ones I've seen in quite a while. I can still remember Catherine Newton shaving with that giant like blade. Yeah. I think it's neat. It was a really cute concept. So I don't think you need a tagline with something like this. Sure. Uh, our director is christopher landon director of happy death day happy death day to you and paranormal activity the marked ones i loved i loved the marked ones i whore i loved the marked (laughs) ones it's one of the better ones like from the later on in the series uh Mm because they kind of went off the deep end towards the end um, and like we both stated, Happy Death Day was fun as well. And I do remember liking uh, Happy Death Day to you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hello. I, we're off. We're fans of his filmography. So we'll take it. And I really enjoy this one. Our writing team is Christopher Landon as well as Michael Kennedy. Moving on for our cast. We have Vince Vaughn starring as the Blissfield Butcher. I love me some alliteration, bitch. Blissfield Butcher just rolls right off the tongue. Come on, Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, and he also stars as Millie Kessler. Uh, pretty hilariously, by the way. I thought it was going to be offensive, but I, I couldn't really find too much offense in it. I can't wait to talk about it. 
Okay, I can't tell if that's good or bad. Uh, Catherine Newton as Millie Kessler and as the Blissfield Butcher. Catherine Newton, we I hope you know her. She is uh, from Paranormal Activity 4. Not the best one, but she's memorable from that one. She's the blonde girl and the only teenager. She's the one that starts floating <gasps> off the bed. Oh, and yeah. Is that the one with the Xbox thingy with all the green dots? Yes, it is. Okay. And she's also, I know, I don't think you've seen it, but I really actually liked it. She's in Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds, and it's a great movie because her her Pokemon is a side. I just Psyduck's anxiety. I just personally identify with Psyduck's anxiety, so I just had to mention that. Yeah, we can tell. I, I didn't watch uh, that, so I don't know. I hate you. We have Katie Finneran as Coral Kessler, Celeste O'Connor as Nyla Chonis, we have Misha Osherovich as Josh Detmer, Alan Ruck as Mr. Bernardi, Uriah Shelton as Brooke Schrode. Melissa Colazzo as Ryler. We have Dana Drory as Char Kessler. This is a pretty solid cast. I don't mm-hmm. know a majority of the younger players except for Catherine Newton. Love that Vince Vaughn is in this. I can totally understand that he Same. stepped away from horror after Psycho. Shame. <laughs> talk about it. Woo, we are not going to discuss that. The only other person that I know is Alan Ruck as Mr. Bernardi. Come through, <gasps> Ferris Bueller. Yes, that's how I knew him too, and I was not excited to see the character he played in this movie. He was a total he bully. He plays him too well. I am just going to say that. He plays I him think too well. <laughs> maybe because he knew he he was like, I can't play Cam for Ferris Bueller. I gotta let these bitches know that I'm a I'm an actor. The range. Mama. She's yeah. with the range, baby. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like, but like you, I only, I'm only familiar with him as well. And Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn? I'm not... I'm not really familiar with Catherine Newton. I personally know Katie Finneran, who plays the mom, mm-hmm. only because of Broadway, and you can make fun of me all you want. She has a Tony Award, okay? <laughs> Queer! Yay! <laughs> Moving on to reviews! IMDb gave it a 6.3 out of 10. Metacritic, it got a 67 out of 100. Our friends over at Letterboxd gave it a 3.2 out of 5. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it received an 83% on the tomato meter and an 80% audience score. Those The tomato meters are high scores. For this one, I feel like it's just... For the girl who gets it, you get it. If you're not the girl who doesn't get it, you just don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to know what they're referencing in order to really... And the like, tone and, and just, like... This movie is so gay. I wanted to mention that right now. This movie is so gay. I was not expecting that when we came into this movie. I love it. I love it too. I usually ask this question and I forgot to mention it only because this is relatively new. How did you come to watch this movie? Streaming on HBO Max. Because uh, this, this came out during the pandemic and I wasn't going to go out to the theater to watch this. Exactly. And I'll go- Hold on to that while we move into budget. Budget is an estimated $5 million, and our box office gross worldwide income of $15 million. And in the U.S., it was just $9 million. This is barely... This is, like... This is good. This is good. Yeah. It's good. This is in part due to, hello, the pandemic. This was at the tail end of 2020, when theaters barely began to open. And it didn't start generating more word of mouth until it was released on demand in December. So... I see why this got swept under the radar, but this uh-huh. is one of those movies. Hi, Umbi. Umbi constantly talks about this. Well, not constantly. Umbi suggested this movie for mm-hmm. us. As this movie has been suggested by multiple other people as well. And we both were like gagged 
we were both pretty gagged that this movie we're like oh my god this movie's actually good yeah it's really good it's quippy it's got a queer character it's got pocs it's um i would say a very modern take on like a, a what do we call this a horror comedy Mm-hmm. It, very much so it's very in on the joke for, instead yes. of just being offensive to be offensive it's very self-aware and almost meta but for production admittedly there are admittedly admitted admittedly 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 there that it, you get for the defibrillator <laughs> <laughs> you whore <laughs> admittedly there actually isn't much to report on the behind the scenes of this film from what we could scavenge up being inspired after watching happy death day michael kennedy began working on his own version of a high concept horror film after presenting christopher landon with an early draft they began working together on what would be known at the time as killer body <laughs> it's fine uh, yeah it's pretty cheesy the title yeah Taking inspiration from Freaky Friday, they would blend together their own original story around the concept. Principal photography lasted 35 days under the original title of Freaky Friday the 13th, and that's about it. I actually kind of like the title Freaky Friday the 13th. I would have loved that title instead (laughs) of Freaky Friday the 13th. It is amazing. Okay, here we are talking about Freaky Friday. How, why Freaky Friday? For you. I don't know. I think, okay, so at the time I was already on my, I had started my horror journey. So I was already a fan of Jamie Lee. And then mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan was hot shit at the time. And then it was like a comedy. Sure. Why not? I was down. So me and you, I think we went to go see this in theaters because I know we were I obsessed we even after it came out on home video because we watched it constantly we were obsessed with this movie we quote it still to this day constantly Mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's it's very nostalgic for the both of us and i think early 2000s an attachment to it and i would agree with all of that we it's childhood for me it's it's still hilarious there's some parts in it they're kind of offensive sensitive Mm -hmm. like anything else from the early 2000s but it still holds up in its comedy concept, in its acting, in its comedic takes. Jamie Lee Curtis always deserves to do more comedy. I love when she gets to do more comedy. <sighs> She's so a fish called comedy. Wanda. Hello. I love her in a fish called Wanda. Scream Queens, R.I.P. Like, she's amazing oh. in Scream Queens. But she, whenever she does comedy, it's fantastic. And for someone to take this concept and idea and turn it into a horror movie, just even as simplistic as what if you switched bodies with a killer, a killer. is it's great. It's great. Because we've seen switching body movies before uh, a la the hot chick most recently mm-hmm. uh the change up i think with ryan reynolds and um jason bateman no one really watched it don't worry don't yeah, it's okay. I was like... you don't have to <laughs> it's totally fine but this is kind of like a con a, a classic concept idea and the fact that someone finally brought it to horror it's great uh, right it's such a simple twist you thought like you said, with all these body switch-up movies, you think somebody would have, like, oh, we should do this with a horror movie. And the fact that nobody did it until two years ago is insane. And it worked so well. It works beautifully. Are you ready for the movie? Ready. Let's switch back into our bodies, and we'll be right back. I'm going to get a slushy. We'll be right back after these messages. Our movie opens with a blood red Universal logo and a title card with the date, Wednesday the 11th. 
A group of kids sit around a fire pit talking about the Blissfield Butcher, arguing the validity of the legend. Finally, one of our girls dismisses it as a school's way of preventing kids from participating in underage debauchery. <gasps> one of the boys, Isaac, tries to scare his friend and ends up smelling cheap beer all over her. She runs inside to clean herself up and Isaac follows her in to help. As the young girl searches for club soda, Isaac is too busy snooping around the elaborate mansion. He comes across a dagger encased in glass named Ladola. After Sandra Snap sent him to help, he wanders off alone to the basement where he's ultimately killed in a very creative way with a wine bottle. After finishing off Isaac, our killer heads upstairs and smashes her head between the toilet and the toilet seat until she's dead. We join our other teens back outside as they finish up their coitus, they're quickly introduced to the killer. The killer snaps a tennis racket in half and uses it to stab the young man on both sides of his head. The young girl is able to run back to the house and hide behind a trap door behind her wardrobe. When the killer leaves her room, she comes out from behind the false back and looks around. She hears her parents' car pulling into the driveway, prompting her to make a run for it. When she does, she's met by the killer at the end of the hall. He snatches her up and nails her to the wall using the spear he had thrown earlier. He admires his work before hearing strange whispers coming from the dagger. He smashes off the glass and steals the dagger before making a clean getaway, and we get a title card. All right, even from the opening jump of this movie, we love anytime someone messes with the Universal logo. Mm -hmm. Red overview is always fun. But Wednesday the 11th made me laugh so hard. Because it's even in the text styling of Friday the 13th. (laughs) It is amazing. But immediately, I immediately, all I can think of is young teens analyzing horror tropes, this postmodern meta shit. <laughs> it's been done to death. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything, everything coming. coming. <laughs> I agree. And that's why I said it's, well, that's why I said it's almost meta, but it's very meta. Um, it's very, it's very meta. meta. It's very self-aware, which is totally our niche. It is so our niche. I'm not dissing it. I just think it's. It, it kills me every time because now movies are aware that, like, we have to get this out of the way in the beginning <laughs> of our movie so that we, we can continue yeah. to do it. True. Because multiple times in the movie, there's sh- shot recreations of classic horror stuff. There's a recreation of The Shining later on in the movie when uh, she's trying to break into the bathroom. There's multiple sound cues that are used for horror movies. I really like it. It's not, like... This movie, Out the Gate, is an homage to 80s slashers. If you don't like that shit, get out. Because this yeah. stuff is about to get campy as fuck. It's camp. It's horror comedy with the volume turned up. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about our first kill? Brutal and creative as because for the opening quit kills, you usually just kind of expect an opening kill. And the creativity that they went through in this wine cellar and to kill this boy by shoving a wine bottle down his throat. And the, ooh, it's brutal. And it's like, it's, it's horrendous. It's very horrendous. Uh, also, death by toilet seat, disgusting. It's 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 so funny Another to me. It's like a swirly times a thousand. <laughs> but this death, the the champagne in the throat death has been done before. If you watch Sorority Row, the new one with Rumor Willis, one of the characters gets a champagne bottle shoved down her throat and then it's smashed the same way. It is not as brutal. Mm. I will definitely give Freaky that. This is it's nasty. And there's so much sex already too. It's funny. I really enjoy it because the lines also are like 
a thousand miles mm-hmm. a minute. There's a joke in almost every single line. They post coitus. It's very Kevin Williamson like. It's very Kevin Williamson like. Thank you for that. Uh, post coitus immediately. The the girl just goes. You're taking too long. It's a vagina. Not an all night drive through. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time that the girl's done before the guy. I love it. She's like, I came already. Please leave now. <laughs> I'm done. That's all. And then we get another sick, inventive kill that I've never seen done before with a tennis racket. It's it's so f- camp. It's so camp. as if I needed another reason to hate tennis. It's it feels like a Friday the Thirteenth yes. movie. This is this is these are Jason kills, mm-hmm. and that makes me super happy. Hundred percent. This is totally Jason kills and Jason stalking. They very much modeled the killer after Jason because he's silent silent except for a few words and when they are words they're hilarious mm-hmm. vince vaughn is surprisingly menacing in this well, movie. he's a big motherfucker. he is big he's a big bitch that's a big man he's a big bitch. so he's already got like the stature for it and so when he like if he actually put forth the effort like he does in this movie he can be very scary he can be very scary i think he does fantastic we get the young girl hiding. She gets the final girl triathlon, and she hides into a safe space. My only complaint is, why do you leave? Why do you leave? You were safe here. He didn't know you were yeah. here, idiot. Yeah, she really should have just stayed in there until her parents got home. But, I mean, it, we all in, in a horror movie, we also need people to make stupid decisions, and we need people to die, and she died. The body count is pretty darn high in this movie, though. I will state that. The body count is very high in this one. I enjoy it. But we got the staff go. We got the staff death. Parents come home. Awesome. Cool. Let's move this thing along. I just have to mention Freaky's title sequence. I don't like it. I don't like the font choice. I don't like the 3D choice. Really? It. I don't like it. It, it, it could be me on my high pedestal of my graphic design student. <laughs> But it feels like word art. And I mean that as the biggest diss. And she I'm got sorry. a certificate of completion. And all of a sudden, she can critique Photoshop, Adobe Photoshop. I'm not mad at it. It's not like the most glamorous or creative way to have a title card, but I'm not mad at it. I just don't like it. It feels like it feels cheap. We join our main character, Millie, as she starts her day with another title card. It's Thursday, the 12th. She joins her mother, Coral, and sister, Charlene, who works for the sheriff's department. After a passive-aggressive conversation about why Millie should go to the homecoming dance, Char runs off to work, and Millie heads out for school. She's picked up by her best friends, Nyla and Josh. They, too, are also trying to convince Millie she needs to attend the homecoming dance. Nyla even goes as far as to say it's been a year since her father's death and that she needs to live her life for herself and not her mother. On her way to class, Millie is bullied by some ginger who barks at her and local mean girl, Ryler. Worst name She's also ever. the worst I'm gonna get character to it in a ever. Second. Who comments on her bargain mart dress that her mom bought from her work. Her first class is woodshop with her most hated teacher, Mr. Bernardi. But she gets to sit next to her crush, Booker. After Millie is scolded for being late, Booker gives her the pro tip to set her watch five minutes ahead. After literally being bullied by her teacher, everyone's attention is turned to their phones as they receive alerts of the four murdered teens. I love your black wiener. Love Josh. Josh, aside from like so good. the character of Millie, is probably my favorite character. I would absolutely say so. Because Joshua is played by a queer 
actor who is aware of the nuances and respectability to play of queer character. Because there are mm. gay jokes in this movie. There's a lot of gay jokes in this movie. Yes, there but are. they are done with an understanding with a queer actor who knows what they are doing. And, it, and who's in on the joke. Who's in on the joke. And it plays so much better. I don't see why people don't understand that. I don't understand. I don't What's not to get? <laughs> I just... <laughs> Have a queer person play the queer character. What's not to get? I don't understand. I love Joshua too. Fantastic character. I actually like all of these characters. I love Nyla. Nyla. I love Char. Char's fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. You guys. Oh, you guys are going to go see Regional Wicked at the Anus Theater? <laughs> Anus. Anus Theater. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I also love how we meet our main character, Millie, in her little uh, teenage bedroom, if you will, with posters of boys and little lights and trinkets. Panic at the Disco. There you go. Thank you. Brandon Yuri from Panic at the Disco. This alarm is disgusting, though. I would hate this alarm. I even put it in my notes. Nope. No to this alarm. It's like one of those squishy... Blobby green things that you smack. But she's smacking and jiggles. Uh, smack... (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first time I've heard (laughs) that. Oh, she give, she Millie gives me Laurie Strode. She gives me that yes. energy, and She's... I love that. Mm-hmm. Even down to the wardrobe, she gives Laurie Strode. The, multiple times while writing notes for this movie, I kept writing, wow, wow, this is like, wow. I don't know why I was genuinely surprised by beats and stuff in this movie. I don't know why, why I was expecting this movie not to be as good as it is. All T, all shade, I think it's because Vince Vaughn is in it. Because he's in some very, like, hit or miss, slash offensive, slash didn't age well comedies. So when, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're on the bill for a movie that came out in 2020 and it's a horror comedy that's supposed to be high concept, you're like, "Mm, can Vince Vaughn deliver? But surprisingly enough, the movie delivers. It delivers, delivers that and then some. Yeah. Period. Like, it's it's very surprising because I think all of these emotional beats are... Qu- I think they're quick and effective. We, you, g- g- Coral, not Carol. I'm going to have to fucking get used to that. Overbearing mom, clearly going through something. And the story is slowly revealed over a period of time. And drunk. I love it. I love it. I love when we get a drunk... I love when we get a drunk mom. You are love the drunk, drunk mom. Yeah. I am absolutely the drunk mom. It's, it's fun. Char's great. Everyone's great. Mm-hmm. And I love black wieners. Yes, who does it? And then we meet Ryler, our local mean girl, who's a bitch, Ugh. and totally, like, calls out. She, it's so fucked up. She calls out Millie for, quote, being poor, and because her mom works at Bargain Mart. No, it's the lines, uh... Millie, I love your dress. I think I saw it at the discount Bonanza. I had to pee. Did your she, mom use her discount to get the dress? She had to clarify to her friends that she was not there to shop. She had to take a piss. <laughs> and Bargain Mart is known for their pristine facilities. It's the shade. The shade. Are people still making fun of people for being poor? <laughs> poor. She's I hope poor. not. I hope we move past that. I mean, if people I are still... Poor. If kids are still bullying other kids for being queer or non-white, then I guess they would still bully kids for being poor. Very true. I just, f- I would have just came back like, Ryler, were you named after a tractor? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> You're so stupid. 
I, if anybody's actually named Dryler, I apologize. I apologize for you that you were named that. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to get the worst DM. Fuck you, I was named after my great-grandpa who served in World War II. From Lil Ryler Angel, Lil Ryler Angel, I can't even say the joke. I had a joke in my head and it just flopped. We also meet Mr. Bernardi, the worst fucking teacher. You were the bully in school that became the teacher. Did you have a teacher like this? Who doesn't have a dick teacher, but not to this extent where they were making students True. cry and then being like, oh, you little crocodile tears don't do anything for me. That was really fucked up. It's really fun. It, besides the fact that it really helps you like sympathize for Millie and her fucked up life right now at this point. But like this movie does something really well that I also wasn't expecting. There's multiple points in the, the movie intentionally make me feel uncomfortable either in this scene where he's bullying her and I'm just like curling up in my seat and I think it's I think it's really well played. The, the emotional mm-hmm. beats are really good. But there's also super awkward, secondhand embarrassment, f- awkward, funny stuff that this movie does really well. Yes, agreed. And aside from meeting her dick of a teacher, we also meet her crush, Booker, who Such is the cutie. most handsome little jock, like football player. And he's nice to her. When he comes to her defense, you would have wet your panties. I already did. Oh <laughs> my! Is that what clean up on aisle three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. What's up? And Booker is really cute. I had to look up to make sure that I didn't feel like a creeper, because he's he's a cutie. He's a cutie. Yes, I know. He is of age, people. <laughs> we looked it up. <laughs> Later that night at the homecoming game, Millie is bullied even more by the football team as they throw drinks at her while she dances as the school's mascot, a beaver. After the game is over, her mom forgets to pick her up. She denies a ride from her best friend saying her mom is just running late. We cut to a now empty parking lot and empty stadium. Millie continues to call her mom, only getting the voicemail. Her battery is running out before she receives a call from her sister stating that their mom is passed out. Before Millie can ask for a ride, her phone dies. After her phone dies, Millie looks up to see the killer standing in the parking lot. As she sits in fear, the killer begins to make his way toward her, prompting Millie to start running. She is able to hide out under the bleachers until he leaves. She thinks the coast is clear and heads out when the killer jumps down. She attempts to make a run for it, but the killer easily takes her down in the costume. He climbs on top of her, extending his arm into the sky, and when he does, the eyes on the dagger light up and clouds cover the light of the moon. The dagger has activated an ancient Aztec curse. When the killer stabs Millie, it hurts him in the same spot as well. After a beat, Shar arrives, shooting warning shots into the air, scaring the killer off. She calls her backup and Millie is quickly rushed to the hospital. Later that night at midnight, storm brews and Millie's soul is swapped out with the killers. I love this part. I love the homecoming game. I love that Millie is the mascot, which is the beaver. It's and she so knows cute. these ridiculous choreography. I also love that she still gets bullied as the mascot. Because our mascot was a beloved mascot in my school. Further proof that this movie is queer, her mascot sequence homecoming scene is set to Dua La Peeps physical. So if that isn't yes. proof enough for When everybody learns of the murders and everything going on, we... Joshua gets the best lines. Everybody, Joshua gets the best lines. We find out that <laughs> people are dead. Ryler is 
fake posing crying about this young mm-hmm. girl's death with their best friend, Ginny. Bitch, please. Ginny hated Ryler after Ryler started the rumor that Ginny got a carrot stuck in her pussy. Ryler! Whatever. Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he bursts through about the murders and they're like, Are you smiling? <laughs> oh my god, it's a slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. It's it's their delivery as well. They know the type of movie they're in. They know they know the script. They know the delivery. They know the character they're playing. And they do it so well. The assignment was fully understood. I loved it. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. We identify with Joshua. We are Joshua. But poor... I was going to call her Ryler because I just can't get that name out of my f***ing head. Poor Same. <laughs> I want to call everybody Ryler now. Poor Millie. This movie is going to be called The Ryler Show. Poor Millie was, <laughs> is not only the mascot for extracurricular activities. I was totally that kid that just did shit because I thought it mattered on your collegiate. Like, it. what's it called? Yeah. It doesn't matter, people. It really d- it doesn't. Heist, nothing Newsflash. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, you don't even need to go to college anymore these days. I dropped out. And look where I'm at, Mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. Because low-key, when I first saw her playing the mascot, and I was like, somebody who's so introverted and shy would not play the mascot. And then when they said that she does it for extracurriculars and whatnot, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I feel like wearing the full get-up, get, like, it It helps. Like, if a person's shy, you you know, you can oh, yeah. hide everything. You know what I'm saying? But Oh, um, yeah, 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 100%. The only thing that bugs me about, besides the fact that Millie's mom is passed out, drink um, wine drunk. Wine drunk is a totally different type of drunk, people. That shit is wine heavy. Is different. You f- you're feeling good sometimes, you know what I mean? But the wine is called Swan Song, and that kills me. I don't know why that fucking kills me so much. <laughs> <laughs> it totally sounds like a brand some like stay-at-home mom would drink. <laughs> it's so funny. But her friends do offer to drive Millie home at least stay mm-hmm. with Millie that's honestly is the only right. thing that bugged me about this you know there's a killer on the loose why wouldn't you stay with your friend Say they even mentioned it Josh mentions it as they're walking away like be careful there's a killer loose I was like why don't y'all just wait in your car until our mom gets there but I digress we need it for the storyline mm-hmm. my sister's gonna be here any second she's a cop with a gun <laughs> <laughs> Who shoots warning shots into the air? Who shoots warning? What cop has ever shot a warning shot? They shoot. Oh my God. Time and place. I want to talk about it because it's like the one flaw in in its armor for me of this movie is this mask design. I cannot stand this mask design. I understand like it's doing like comedy references to like old 80s slashers. It's just, I'm not a fan of it. It feels so flase and second thought. Compared to, like, everything else in this movie that's fully thought out. That's true. I think they did it just to, like, go with... Because he got the mask from the house in the beginning of the movie. Like, you see the mask... Yeah, you see the mask missing on the wall. Mm. They have a collection of, like, masks that are, like, art pieces. Or they probably got from traveling abroad. Um, So they're, like, quote, tribal masks or whatever. So the killer, the blissful butcher, got the mask from the house in the beginning. And... Like you said, it's probably an afterthought, and it probably was. And I think they could have put a little more thought into the design of it. But why would you put that much thought and time into something you were going to use for the entirety of the movie? You're totally valid. You're totally valid. You make a fool. Uh, you pleaded your case. Dun dun. Case closed. It- Bitch, I proved my point. You're wrong. You're you wrong. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> 
we really don't need to put much effort into it when you have Vince Vaughn, who's like fucking seven foot five, coming after True. you. Like he said, he's a huge bitch. Me down anytime. Yeah, I was kind of down. I'm not gonna lie, but mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah. Okay, and then we get our full freaky deaky freaky Friday body swap moment. I love the use of the knife. I love the use of the knife. I love the aesthetic of the knife. Mm-hmm. I really like when the storms come in and then all of a sudden it turns into an Aztec temple. Am I offended? I'm not. I will just say that. Like, I don't think it borders, like, insensitivity, but at the same time, like, it's a fucking body swap movie. So what are you going to do? I think it's it might be better than, like, ooh, it's voodoo, because I think voodoo needs to stop. It's so, it, it's there. You needed a device to body switch. And I think it's yeah. a great device. I'm not really offended yeah. either. I would have been offended if they would have brought out, like, headdresses and traditional garb and shit and wanted to get into folklore of Aztecs. That would have been offensive. But if we're just referencing it in a quick one shot, it, it is what it is. Does it need to be historically no. accurate? No, it's a fucking horror comedy. Oh, I know. Fun. I know. But I think it's great. I love the the visual aesthetic of it all. I think it's it's really well played. I agree. That shot is stunning when he like, brings the dagger up and the whole football field just dissolves away and all of a sudden they're in the, on top of like the Aztec temple. Mm-hmm. It's, it's It's really good. I also really like the, uh, they do a single, they do a slow motion shot of when Millie's finally at the police office. A lot of movies do it, but I never get tired of it. It's when it's on your main character and we just pull out slowly while chaotic things are happening around them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun and I don't, I, I really think it's great. I just, the mom, Coral, she immediately comes Oh my in. god, Millie! I love Millie. any character that comes in and tries to make any situation about them. It is about me. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Nobody asked me about my scars. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. I I love it. I really I think it's fun. What, the Freaky Friday switch, switch, switch. I was half waiting for a journey soon begins, its prize reflected in another's eyes. <laughs> when what you see is what you lack, then selfless love will change you back. I was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the like them to do like the when she turns over and then she turns over and then oh, they switch bodies. They switch bodies. I think that would have been too campy for the movie. That would have been too give, freaky. Give it Friday to, give it freaky. give it to me to delete the scene. I wanna hear it. The next morning, Millie, but not Millie, awakens in their new room and new body confused. They seem to sort of figure out what may have happened when they see that they are now under last victim's body. On the other side of town, we meet up with the real Millie, now in the body of her killer. When she awakens, she immediately knows something isn't right when she doesn't recognize her surroundings nor her voice. We get our last title card of Friday the 13th. Back at the house, not Millie, has come down for breakfast where she doesn't say a word but does attempt to stab her sister. Back with the real Millie, they attempt to leave their creepy lair but are quickly recognized in the town square. Back with Millie's body, they have snagged a red leather jacket from Char's closet and made their way to school. When she arrives at school, Josh and Isla run over to comment on her new wardrobe and ask if she's okay. But their questions are met with a fuck off and Millie's body walks off with Ryler. They go to the girls' locker room for some privacy, where Millie's body quickly begins looking for ways to kill Ryler. After she mistakes Millie sizing her up as foreplay, she storms off to the bathroom. Ryler comes across the real Millie taking a shower in the girls' locker room. When she does, she runs into Millie's body to tell her of what she's found. The Blissfield Butcher tells her to hide. 
The bliss-filled butcher in Millie's body throws Ryler into the Cairo chamber and locks her in. When the real Millie is done with her shower, she finds Ryler's frozen corpse. Da-na-na. Okay, listen, I may include some of it. Everybody, if you don't understand how long it took us to try and explain <laughs> this plot point, because so much is happening. You trying to explain, oh, this girl and this body and this body and this girl, but who's really even fun is, ooh, stoners. Not, We're confusion. Haha, uh, yeah. not my problem. Not a, this is a very visual medium, <laughs> y'all, that we are trying to break down into an audio medium, okay? It doesn't always translate. <laughs> it was great. It was great. L- literally, like, 15 minutes of this happening. Okay, we get to see the body switch, switch, switch for the first time. We are now with Millie's body, a.k.a. the Blissfield Butcher, we're going to have mm-hmm. to give y'all nicknames at some point. And <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fine. It's good. I it's feel okay. like. It's okay. It's, it's a little lackluster. It is. And I think that's why they gave like the first body realization to Millie's body first. Because when we get introduced to Vince Vaughn playing Millie, As it is Millie. comedic gold. It is comedic gold. You mentioned earlier that Vince Vaughn does not come across as offensive because it totally could have. It could have totally been Rob Schneider essentially just playing an overtly queer person in someone's body. This is f***ing hilarious. It's really good. And especially, like we said, Millie slash Blissfield Butcher's um, body swap is like uh, very subdued. They don't say anything. And I guess because like... The killer's supposed to be recluse and not really in touch with, the, like, society. So they don't say anything. Um, but when Millie wakes up in the butcher's body, that's when we get our real, like, Freaky Friday moment. And it's pretty hilarious, especially when the, the drug addict comes in looking <laughs> for drugs. Got any jelly beans? What? You know, <laughs> jelly beans. Drugs. Um, can, can, can you describe what I look to right now? Do, do I look like a, a blonde five-foot girl? Oh, you definitely got drugs. Wow. Oh, you def you definitely got drugs. I'm not I'm not on drugs. I'm just no my favorite line is uh oh. No, you definitely got drugs. I wanna feel like a teenage girl. Come on, I wanna feel like a teenage girl. It's so good. It's this is what I mean by this setup, even on its own, is hilarious. The the concept is hilarious. This is great. Before we get to school, I want to know. My question is, how does the butcher know how to slay so hard this look he pulls together for millie is fab he said oh i'm a teenage girl got a stunt got a curl got a sleigh today pussy house down boots mama Yay. i agree this first of all she's she's rocking char's jacket that's char's red leather jacket it is a cute ass leather jacket very cute by the way jacket. i agree i don't know how this cisgender straight serial killer knows how to throw an, an ensemble together <laughs> but on the flip side it's nothing like too uh, like very like only a girl would know how to do all he does is put the hair pull the hair back in a pony he throws how on dare some you jeans, there's extension he curls the ponytail he tucks in the t-shirt it, they're natural beach waves jackie she's lives in you Malibu. don't live you don't wake up like this i just i'm always a sucker for the classic stupid 
a quote-unquote nerdy ugly girl gets a makeover and all it is just like put your hair back in a lip <laughs> but everybody like flips the f- out it's so funny looking at you curse <laughs> looking at curse looking at she's all that looking at literally every makeover movie anything especially she's all that especially she's all that come on anna paquin but we get our setup of riley ryler i keep on i hate this name ryler doing her Ryler thing and trying to essentially smooth up to Millie. You're now the Blissfield victim. What is that like? She immediately <laughs> comes over with her phone, ready to go on Instagram live. Sid, hi. No, I really mean that. <laughs> hi. You just couldn't wait to make a Scream 2 reference. I hate you. She totally <laughs> does it, though. She comes over and tries to leech off of uh, Millie's flight. Really? And the Kappas are sensitive to your flight. And she totally blows off her friends because, you know, it's the killer. She doesn't realize that those are her best friends. And then for some reason, she moves up to Ryler and is like, take me somewhere private. I guess they can kill her. Something else happened last night, didn't it? You can totally tell me. I'm like (laughs) the most trustworthy person. As she pushes record on her phone. It's so funny. She takes her to the girl's locker room where where she thinks uh, Millie's trying to come on to her and get a little lesbianist moment, which I thought was hilarious. Like the way that. It's so funny, especially the lead up to that. She's like, did he, you know, I've watched SVU. I know the signs. The lines in this movie are so good. They are so good. They're so witty. Now, they're so funny, especially when she's had it fed up and she thinks that she's a big old lezzy. Honestly, Millie, I'm missing AP Bio. I didn't come here to clam jam with you. <laughs> it was the clam jam for me. I've had like 10 kabuchas today, so I'm going to go pee. It's what the... <laughs> This is a movie that we're going to, like, look at, like, 10, 15 years from now and be like, wow, what a time capsule. This is. It's so witty. This is totally millennials, millennial humor Mm -hmm. to me. Which is why we love it. It's so funny. It's so good. While all this is happening, I apologize to everyone, and I apologize to Jackie for having to write the notes in this movie, (sighs) because there is just so much back and forth on this. But while it's back and forth, Vince Vaughn, I'm going to call him Vince Vaughn. I apologize, everybody. I can't get Blissful Butcher out every single time. Another alliteration, Vince Vaughn, Blissfield Butcher. Yeah. Coincidence? I think not. But because but because Vince Vaughn smells like hot dog water, she decides to go sneak into the school to take a shower. I don't get I don't care that this is how we had to get here, but it's fine. She can't go home. And she decides to take a shower at the school, which Ryler finds out and Ryler freaks out. The point is is that we popsicle freezer burn this bitch. Mm-hmm. She becomes a meat popsicle by the end of the scene. And what gets me is that, okay, so Blissfield Butcher, a.k.a. Millie, kills Ryler by throwing. First of all, what kind of school has, like, a cryogenics lab or whatever the f*** those are called for its athletes? Cryogenics lab. It's it's supposed, it's like a, I don't know. I don't know enough about no sports, so I really don't know what it is. I know Thank it's, like, you. for your muscles and shit. Yeah, it's supposed to I help. don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. But you also saw this school's, like, drama department where joshua nyla and millie hang out and there's like a full production of guests i don't know the crucible maybe because there's a noose in, in, on the display here their wood shops also super dynamic That's like true. this school has money so maybe i don't care i don't the care private institution of education of higher learning for the future kids of tomorrow these are future leaders <laughs> i don't 
care because we get Jason X as a f- yeah in this death. It's stupid. It's campy. It makes no sense. It was I want more. Stupid because Vince Vaughn, aka Millie, not Vince Vaughn, Blissful Butcher, aka Millie, goes over to the little whatever you want freezer, I guess, and like opens it, and Ryler's body's just in there. She essentially does the scary movie thing. The you okay? okay you okay tapping the body as it like hits the floor and breaks into like 15 pieces it's sick it's fun it's stupid it's so stupid well bye ryler goodbye yeah thank god she was insufferable i f-ing loved her line so yeah she's pretty hilarious though she's definitely that mean girl millie's body is forced to go to shop class after mr bernardi finds her roaming the hallways she sits next to her crush and sucks his finger when he accidentally cuts himself. Josh and Nyla are waiting for Millie to show up at their hangout spot in the drama department when they're scared by the real Millie in the killer's body. They run and she chases them all over campus, ultimately ending in a showdown in the cafeteria kitchen. The two best friends try taking him down, but her new body is much stronger than she realizes and she ends up taking down the teens effortlessly. As they pause to catch their breaths, Millie tries one last attempt to prove who she is by reciting their mascot cheer and dance. After that, the best friends give her a speed round of questions to prove her honor. When she passes, they hug it out and try to figure out how this happened. In the boys' room, Josh is able to Google Ladola. It's an ancient Aztecian dagger used in a ritual sacrifice. The real Millie hides out in the boys' room while the friends get their Spanish teacher to translate the Spanish. The teacher states that if the swap is not reversed within 24 hours, the change will be permanente. <laughs> Millie's real body has made it back to shop class where she has had a hand-to-hand fight with Mr. Bernardi. After he royally kicks her ass, she's able to take him down with a screwdriver to the neck and saws his body in half using a table saw. So right off the bat, we run into another one of like Millie's villains. So that's what I just have to say is that the Blissfield Butcher is immediately able to like find out all of Millie's problems in her life and just murder them. So who's not, who's not, who's not mad at that? Right. For taking care of my problem. (laughs) But uh, we get another incident of this teacher being a total jerk off when the blissful butcher is, is the blissful little gay? From the looks of it, it seems like he's got a, like a blood fetish. Like the moment that, sure, they, that they see blood, they're like mm, they're immediately aroused, regardless uh, of where it comes from. Uh, so, hey, if it comes from a quote 17 year old boy's index finger, they're gonna suck it off. <laughs> Am I gay? Oh my god, don't say that. But what, the suck teacher it off? goes, <laughs> immediately the teacher goes off, God damn, Millie, I'm so sick of your constant need for attention. <laughs> if you spent more time learning instead of flirting, you might actually make something of yourself. First of all, like that be was, a woodshop teacher. Who? First of all, that was the read <laughs> of the century. I low key like laughed because that was the sickest burn ever. Uh, Especially like, <laughs> God damn it, Millie, you're constantly need for attention. <laughs> it was hilarious to me. Um, but it was very mean for a teacher to be saying that to a student. Like, if this were quote like in real life, no, no, that teacher would have been. Report like, your teachers if that's what the, your teacher's doing to you. Please. But, like, immediately, the Blissfield's like, okay, cool. You're gonna die. Bye. You're so dying later. Every, almost every, from what I can recollect, body swapping movie needs, you need to have a cue to own, we have a secret handshake, of course. Only you would know that. 
Boys are cheats and liars. <laughs> They're such a big disgrace. They will tell you anything to get, get a second, second baseball. 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 He, he thinks he's gonna score. Ah, oh, shut when you think about God. Yes, yes. It's very hot chicks. Hot chicks. Not hot chicks. Oh my God. The hot chick. <laughs> it was very that. It's so fucking. It's it's hilarious. And seeing Vince Vaughn shake his ass and groove thing is funny to me was... am i attracted to vince vaughn i think i'm slightly attracted to vince i vaughn. am i've been i've been i've been really yes i find him very attractive i really yes i don't know what it is about him maybe it's just you know i love me a big man he's a big man you love a big boy he's a big man and he's funny uh, in pennies are already wet <laughs> it's true it's it's comedic gold and i think it's comedic gold because vince vaughn goes for it like he doesn't really hold back he's like if i'm playing a teenage girl Mm -hmm. that's what's funny about it is his commitment to the character and he plays the character very well and i love his little like shimmy when Uh, he does the death it's good it's it's definitely one of a highlight comedic moment of the movie Absolutely, especially after Joshua's super meta line. You're black. I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) They're the SmackDown, and then when they believe, after all that, they go to the bathroom, and Millie is having fun with her newfound penis. She thinks she's so cool because she can pee with her penis. (laughs) We're We're going to keep comparing it to the hot chicken (laughs) Freaky Friday. When Millie's pissing, and she's just like, Oh my god, I think I peed like three gallons. This guy's bladder is huge. Is uh-huh. everything huge? Joshua, what? This is the boys' bathroom. She's got a dick and you're wearing Chanel number five. I think we've passed labels. Yes, read him. I don't, I hope people don't diss this movie because a lot of people get upset. Okay, you know what? I'm guess, I'm going to just name names. White cisgendered males in the horror community get really f***ing upset when we do things like this, when we talk about other things that aren't related to like white cis people mm-hmm. of talking about gender and wearing Chanel number five and being quote unquote woke. Mm-hmm. It, I don't see it that way. It's just a natural comedy that comes out of this. And I guess if you're complaining about it, fuck off because it's not for you. Does that make sense? It makes sense because this is like we stated in the beginning. They want what did they call it? Uh, a heightened horror, high concept, high concept. Thank you, high concept horror comedy. If you want to be something high concept, you need to stay contemporary. You need to stay modern. You need to stay aware. And that's what this movie is. It's aware of what it's doing. It's aware of modern society and what society is dealing with today, which is like things like gender and labels and shit like that. So the fact that they say this in a quippy little one-liner is just letting you know that they're in on the joke. Absolutely, fucking especially since it's followed by Millie slapping her dick around. I need to find a slap dick noise. That... <laughs> It is, which is why, like, you need that balance because it's so stupid and ridiculous. They're letting us know that while they're being stupid and ridiculous, they're in on the joke. They know, like, that's why this works. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of all of this, we find out about Lodola and the dagger. And Joshua just does not pay attention in Spanish class. So we go to our Spanish teacher to translate. This is the only point where I was like, okay. I'm not offended, but my feelers are out. Yeah. That's it. 
my antennas are up. This is this is borderline offensive. It was it was more like the Scooby Doo when like you hear something and you're like, mm, is this a is this offensive? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I'm uh, willing to give it a pass. I am too. You know, it's a little one off, whatever. But uh, watch it's yourself, the accent. Bitch. It's the accent for me. She didn't need to have. Is she really Latina. Yeah, she really. <laughs> it's a white woman playing a Latina. It's it's it's. It, I think that's the only thing. I had Spanish, I have a shit. Ton, I've had a shit ton of Spanish teachers where I don't pay attention in Spanish class. Mm-hmm. We who know. don't have an accent. I know. I have horrible Spanish. I'm horrible at Spanish. It's just like I don't need it. That's all I'll say about it. That's it. <laughs> because. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it. This movie's so stupid. Yeah, it's nothing to dwell on. But I'm just like, mm. let's talk about Mr. Bernardi. Let's talk about Mr. Bernardi letting out his white aggression on Little Millie. He oh was. God. He was waiting for it. He, he was waiting for it. He was. He's like, oh, this bitch <laughs> finally gave me a reason. She finally gave me a reason. <laughs> Why was the reason? <laughs> uh, it's, but what? It's the line when he she comes in and he's grating and he's just like, "What kind of name is that? It's a stupid name." <laughs> and he's just like, "Mark's red. You're just an angry old white man. What is your problem?" All these woke teenagers yeah. talking. He definitely that jaded teacher that everybody's had at some point in their life. Um, and I'm glad to see him get his comeuppance because even though. <laughs> The killer comes in, not, like, forgetting that they're in a, like, 17, 16-year-old teenage girl's body. So they go and try and, like, make the moves on Mr. Bernardi. And they get their ass royally handed to them. And it's pretty funny. It's very fucking funny. And Mr. Bernardi just lets it out. Just like, let, shows, his shows his ass. Shows true colors. Like his his real motives. Fucking for real. But he gets it good. Oh my god, he gets it's satisfying. It's so satisfying when he gets that screwdriver just plop straight into his neck, and then split down the middle. With soft. The table soft. Ooh, it's nasty. It's nasty. It's a, it's pretty it, cool. It's pretty cool. It's messy. It's oh, it's really good. It's really good. I I love the deaths in this movie. They're so over exaggerated and just fun. They're fun deaths. I love when you get the splatter of blood because she's wearing the the safety goggles and the like little what are they called uh, smock. Safety first. It's mm, it's really tasty. It's really tasty. And then you never hear or care about him ever again. It's so funny. Same thing with Ryler. Like we don't ever. Yeah, like, we don't ever. Nobody ever murders. really cares. No, like nobody cares. Good because nobody liked him. Josh, Nyla, and the real Millie find her body coming out of the shop class. When they approach her, she screams out for help, pointing out the real killer, aka the real Millie. The trio make a run for it, and Joshua's car. The police call the incident in. Char sees the teens when she tries to pull them over and they duck into the store that Coral works at. They hide Miller in her dressing room and run out. Coral comes in to clear out the clothes when she's startled by the real Millie in the Blissfield Butcher's body. The two make small talk and even have a heart-to-heart through the dressing room door. It even gives Coral the courage to ask him out on a date. Char runs in and warns Coral of something going on with Millie and her friends. Josh and Nyla manage to sneak out the real Millie by putting her in a mask. They find out that Millie's body is out mini-golfing with school jocks. The friends arrive at the golf course just in time to stop Millie's body from killing Booker. They take Millie's body and the now unconscious Booker back to Joshua's house to figure out their next move. There, Booker comes to and the real Millie tries to convince him of what's going on. 
When he doesn't believe her and tries to leave, she recites a poem she wrote him from memory. He believes she's the real Millie. The group formulate a plan to head to the police station to steal Ladola and reverse the ritual. Nyla, Booker, and Millie head to the police station where Joss stays behind to keep an eye on her body. Oh my god, so much happens in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of like running around and Millie, but not real Millie. The butchery, but it's Millie's body. It's a lot going on here. Sorry, y'all, if it gets a little confusing. But it's really fun. I have to give that credit to the movie because it keeps you on your toes. There's constant movement in this movie. Mm -hmm. Even when we do make a run and we we run away from the cops, we're running away from Char, we make it into the discount bonanza bargain bin, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Mm -hmm. and we run into Coral, even with all of this hysteria going on and them trying to hide Millie, who's in the Blissful Butcher's body, they give this... Honestly, surprising and tender moment of Coral opening up about the past here. I was thoroughly surprised. Like I said, I kept writing, wow, in this movie because I was not expecting this unfolding of this character's development in a honestly really sweet and tender way. Yeah, I agree. We do get this tender moment between essentially Millie and her mom. But Millie, I mean, excuse me, Coral doesn't realize that it's Millie. And she opens up to what she thinks is like a complete stranger who's a customer, which we both know happens plenty of time. And she just kind of like spills her guts out about, you know, her husband's passing and how her kids are dealing with it. And she just thinks they have such a great rapport because hello, it's Millie. She knows the whole, she knows Coral's whole life. So it prompts Coral to ask blissfield butcher out on a date which is awkward and it gave me like um not only freaky friday vibes but uh back to the future vibes calvin klein i saw it written all over your underwear (laughs) yes (laughs) it's gross it's a line but it's so funny i just feel bad because mama's just trying to shoot her shot she's lonely she just needs some love the line for me is when she goes i just you sound so warm and Family. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> you know what she oh, wants. We know what she wants. Huh? What you want some dick? But it's just one of the many awkward moments in this movie. It's that awkward humor yeah. that comes out of the scenario that just like, like oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> She tries to ask out the Blissful Butcher and Millie not wanting to let her mom down, especially when she's like, do you want to go out for coffee? No. Oh, God, no. And no, not no. (laughs) I didn't mean that. Coffee would just be too much because I think we're connecting. We we should go out to dinner. (gasps) Oh, yeah. yeah, But I'm married. I'm married. I'm gay. (laughs) They should have said. Yeah. So they managed to sneak out Millie with, what is it, a Ronald Reagan mask? (laughs) No, you're so, no, you want it to be. I wrote it down because it said Aaron Rodgers. And she's like, who's that? And they're like, it's a football player. And they're like, how do you not know that? I know that. How does everybody know that? Is that like a Midwesterner thing? I don't know. I don't know nothing about no foosball. So they managed to make a clean getaway with this creepy latex mask. And they find out that Millie's body, a.k.a. the Blissfield Butcher, is at the golf course with the local jocks. Because, sure, let's go play putt-putt. And well, she's popular now. She's right. hot now. She's hot shit now. She's she doesn't say news. anything now, <laughs> which is why people like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so they go and find her at the golf course. There's, well, mini golf course where she's hanging with the jocks. And I love where the one of the jock leans in. And he's like trying to make his move on her. And she leans in and she's just like, Your touch makes this pussy drier than sandpaper, you fucking monkey. I can't wait to kill you. <laughs> and then she just walks off like, <laughs> She walks away and he's like, he tries to play it off all cool. He's like, uh-huh. she wants me. <laughs> she wants me. <laughs> sure, bro. Whatever helps you sleep at night. See, that's what I mean. Like, this this humor is really based off of, I get, you know what? What I said earlier, Jackie, I take it back. You are right. You are right in terms of that this movie isn't so unreasonable. See? All of it is, si- all of it is situational. No, you make total sense. I'll eat my words. I apologize. You are correct. Because this is... Yeah, this would happen if a killer were to take over a young girl's Thank body. You. It does become this weird sense of like realism. I take it back. You are correct. Uh, Listen, ding. everybody, for the first time in 56 episodes, Mark it. I apologize. Mark <laughs> it, bitch. Um, but what I would suggest that you do is keep your wig on. So Millie walks off and she goes into like, ooh, the spooky like haunted house part of the, of the putt-putt golf. I'd love to play there, by the way. Mm-hmm. So cute. It's cool. It's very, uh, what's it? Like all black lights and it's like all in fluorescent painting. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Booker falls her into the haunted house because he wants to see if she's okay. And this is where um, she hides because she wants to kill somebody. So right when she's about to go and stab Booker, the real Millie, a.k.a. the Blissfield Butcher, comes through and... He knocks that bitch down. He, he essentially just like, he pushes that bitch down, and it scares Booker because he thinks it's the blissful right. picture. So then he then, Millie then runs into the wall and then knocks that bitch down. And it's just like, uh? Yeah, oh, because, like, what did he do? Well, because the friends tell him, like, get him. He's going to tell the police. So then the blissful picture runs after Booker, and he straight up, like, knocks him into a wall and knocks his ass down, which is a thousand percent believable because I guarantee that Vince Vaughn weighs twice as much as those little kids do. Three times that much. I'm like, I'm not kidding y'all. Actually, you know what? I want to see. Wow, that's a big bitch. He's six five. Nice. Hot. Yes, 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 yes. So then they take the bodies back to Josh's house while they formulate a plan. And we get some more reveal. See, this is, I have to give credit to the script because usually in most movies, and I was still taken aback by the way that the script unve- develops, the friendship clap and thing was never it was not stated in the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. it, it just develops out of how the movie progresses this part with the poem in order for Millie to convince Booker that it's her mm-hmm. is another one of those things that isn't developed in the very beginning of the movie but it's here in the story and it it, it just helps your runtime move faster mm-hmm. it's like we don't have to reiterate stuff that we're already talking about it's, I agree. I, I think it's actually effective because Vince Vaughn is fantastic as a teenage girl, gushing over Booker. Surprisingly enough. I know. So good. Gushing. Just like, oh, he's so cute even when he's unconscious. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so, I love it. It's so funny. It's really well done. And even the like little poem that he recites from memory is really sweet. Little. Oh, yeah. It's actually it's a f-ing soliloquy, bitch. That shit was long. <laughs> it's really cute. And Booker believes that it's her. And we get kind of for the first time the blissful butcher actually like speaking sentences because all we had up until now was just like, oh, oh yeah, uh, grunts yes. and like one words. And he calls her, you sad fucking. 
wrote a poem in his locker, you pathetic coward. Your first full sentence and you're going to throw out the C word? Miss Hard. Ma'am. Hard. 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 I mean, I like wow. the C word personally. I just didn't like the way they used the context in which they used it. You're not allowed to use that word. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's really good. We develop more more... More plans. Booker is all in. Everybody's all in. Everybody's best friends. Uh, we love this. The line that still kills me to this day, and I still fucking laugh, because I think I've seen this movie maybe three or four times. Booker's trying to explain the plan, and it's like, okay, well, what do we do about, what do we do about her? Uh, pronouns. <laughs> Christ. What about him? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is the, that is a proper pronoun joke, people. Uh-huh. It is great. And the reason why it's so gay, Jacqueline, is because Christopher Landon identifies as a gay filmmaker. Oh. So it can't help but be admitted and embedded into all of your work. This movie is so overtly queer in its meta-ness. Hello, Scream. It is very queer in its presentation. And finally, its characters. I really like that. Because Joshua, to me, I would love to see that character as a final boy in, its own spin- in their own spinoff mm-hmm. movie. I think it would be fantastic. I would just love to see more of the character of Josh in general. Seriously. At the police station, Nyla bursts in, stating that the butcher kidnapped them, but she was able to escape, but he followed her there. When Char goes outside to investigate, Nyla steals the keys and is able to get the dagger from the evidence locker. Back at Josh's house, his mom has come home early and is shocked to see Millie tied up. He tries to explain what's going on to his mother, but she doesn't believe him. The butcher is able to break free from his shackles and chases the mother and son into a room. Josh is able to call Nyla and warn her that the butcher has broken free. Back in the car, Booker and the real Millie are having their first real conversation, which culminates in Booker kissing the real Millie, aka the butcher. After their tender moment, they spot Millie's body running into the station where Char has caught Nyla stealing evidence. They have a big standoff where no one believes anyone until the real Millie bursts in. The butcher sees this opportunity, picks up Ladola from the ground, and runs off with it, taking off in a cop car, almost hitting Josh. When Sharb tries to put the real Millie in a jail cell, Millie uses the killer's body strength to toss Char in instead. The trio head over to the old mill where the massive party is being thrown, and it's also where the butcher is headed. <gasps> da, da, da. It all culminates to a party, teen party. Don't party teens, apparently. It's what horror movies always say. It's you. Screamathon. Or Stabathon, I mean. I want to go to a Stabathon so bad. Nyla breaks, not breaks in the station, but kind of fools Char into thinking that the killer, or excuse me, the butcher kidnapped them, but she was able to break free and he's outside and you go get him while she breaks into the evidence locker to get the dagger. The dagger, the dola. We get probably the best awkward scenes in the whole movie (laughs) is with Booker and Millie flirting. Just the concept of alone is fucking hilarious. I give so much wonderful comedic credit to Booker and to Millie, both of these actors being able to do this. I would have not been able to film this. I would have been laughing the whole fucking time. Same. I give especially credit to, I forget, I'm sorry, to the actor who plays Booker, because to sit there in the back seat of a car with Vince Vaughn as a straight male, I'm sure he's a straight male. I'm sure he's a straight male to sit there and try and pretend that this is some girl that you have the hots for. 
and try and flirt with them and then lean in for a kiss like kudos they kiss and they kiss hard people like there's like they kiss for like a good couple seconds until they realize that millie's hand is a gigantic (laughs) man hand and they're like oh wait we should stop and booker still wants to keep going i think booker might be a little queer if he's like this is fine he's a little just fine they're curious i love it i love it but hey if that doesn't prove that booker loves you for your mind right Ma'am, you found a good one. Good for you. Good for you. With all of this developing and switching back, we go through like three different pl- story plots. Nyla, My- Millie, and then of course, Josh. And we get so good. So good. The scene kills me because it starts right off the bat with a commercial for the community theater of Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> I love when movies do shit like that where they reference something that happened earlier in the movie so subtly as, like, a commercial or, like, an ad for it being somewhere in the background. I think that shit's hilarious. But we get Josh's mom coming back home and questioning why is Millie tied in a dining chair? Uh, roleplay. Isn't that a sex thing? It's so so awkward and fun. You may be many of things, Josh, but you are not straight. Oh, honey. I just love... That all this is going down while they're trying... he They are trying to explain what is going on to their mother and they're not believing it. And then because all this is going on, Millie, aka the Blissfield Butcher, is finally able to break free from the Eagle Scout knot that Millie was able to... I don't know. It was a stretch. Sure. Um, but she breaks free and chases them into a bedroom. We get, like you said earlier, we get like a psycho reference when they when he, the killer stabs the knife Shining. in the door. Excuse me. What did I say? Psycho. Shining. We get a shining shot. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. The butcher has arrived at the party. He's approached by one of the jocks from earlier who lures her away from the party. He lures the butcher to a dark corner where they attempt to rape her. Only the butcher ends up killing them all. Before they head into the party, the real Millie is gifted with a watch and alarm set to midnight by Booker. The friends arrive and spread out to look for the butcher. Another jock lures Josh away with the promise of leading him to Millie. Only it leads to the jock planning an unwanted kiss on Josh. Right when he threatens to kill Josh, if he tells anyone, the jock gets a meat hook right through the eye. The real Millie comes running up behind Josh and tells him to run. He has a showdown with the butcher. After a quick hand-to-hand fight, the butcher makes a getaway again. This time, all friends join in on the chase. They knock down the butcher and hold her down. Millie pulls out Lodola and lifts her hands into the air to stab the butcher when the alarm goes off. Time's up, it's too late, and the switch is permanent. Josh points out that there was no bells when it struck midnight. Millie remembers that Booker always sets his watch five minutes ahead. She quickly stabs the butcher and their souls are swapped back into their correct bodies. The police and Booker catch up with friends out back, and after a quick question test, Josh screams for the cops to kill that motherfucker. (laughs) A great line. It is a great line. Whew. So this is our finale, sort of. Okay, kind of, sort of, yeah. I just have to mention the soundtrack kind of slaps. The party music, I looked it up. I think it's so fun. I'm a sucker for a soundtrack, everybody. If you have, even if it's like a Dollsville movie and your soundtrack is like, I'm going to say that movie was good. Sorry. I don't know about saying if it was good, but I'd be like, oh, I like the soundtrack. (laughs) Nobody asked. Oh, when they arrive to the party, they give the line, time to stab this asshole. I don't know why. I think it was so funny to me. I think it's because like, that's what I hear every time. Like, like John says that when my feet are on my ankles, like let's stab this asshole. Oh my God. I feel feel it. I hate you so much. (laughs) Flames, flames on the side of my face. 
<laughs> so we got a setup of the blissful butcher about to be f-ing possibly raped by these three jocks yeah. that took a turn it did and thank god we didn't go any further than where it did go um because then that would have totally like low-key ruined the movie um but luckily the killer is ready and she gives those uh, soon-to-be rapists what they had coming. Absolutely, because she takes the bottle that they were drinking, smashes it in someone's head, slits another throat, and then my only complaint is that this finale, for some reason, the butcher just finds a ridiculous assortment of weapons. She finds a chainsaw. Where was the chainsaw from? And it had gasoline in it. Everything was fine. She splits the other rapist in half in his balls. They're at an old mill. So apparently old mills got chainsaws. Sure. Like I said, there are a few things in here that we stretch. And this is one of those stretches. Oh, we're stretching hard because the next scene when Josh. I hate it. It's only because it's relatable. When Josh gets pulled away from another jock who's secretly queer. Oh, yeah. That's totally you know what I mean? relatable. Well, not relatable to me because it didn't happen to me. But I'm just saying, like, I know these things happen. So. Twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> God bless. Yeah. Ew. Ew, Michelle. This was so gross. Ew, Michelle. This was it's so gross. So gross. And toxic. It's, well, it's, yeah. This is real life. It's always toxic in real life, but the, it's the line, loser faggot for me. And then it's like, tell anyone and I'll fucking kill you. I was just like, ugh, ill Michelle. <laughs> and then immediately gets a hook in the eye. That is poetic justice. Instant karma, bitch. We love to see it. But once again, where'd she get the hook? You just had a chainsaw. And it was, uh, uh, I know what you did last summer. Hook up. Mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, this though. <laughs> This, like, old mill is, like, the evidence locker for every horror movie of the last three decades. So we then finally get our our final face-off. Stop! I'm trying to stab myself! This great line. I fucking love it. Come back with my fucking body. It's also another great <laughs> line. Like, these are fantastic. It's... This is fun. Like, this is... It's just, like, a fun quasi-almost ending. And we get our switch, switch, switch from Chucky mm-hmm. culminating... I like it. This is it's solid. Even if they would have ended here, I would have been happy. Same. I would have been happy, but it does not end here. We have one last scene. We think the movie ends. We switch bodies. We do the quick question test. Cool. Millie's fine. She gets taken by the ambulance. Do you know how hard it is for me now? I love it, though. I love watching movies after doing our audio for so long. I hear so many of the same sound effects in every movie. Our spoiler alert siren was used in this fucking scene. Oh, really? You hear it twice. Go back. Yes. I heard it. I was like, that's the same audio cue. I paid for that same fucking thing. (laughs) This is stupid. After all the chaos, Millie and Booker finally shared their first real kiss sitting on the back of an ambulance. Back at her house, Millie and her family have trauma bonded and are <laughs> heading to bed when Millie investigates a strange noise. As she wanders around her home alone chasing weird noises, the butcher comes up behind her and puts a knife to her throat. Shar tries to shoot him, but he's got her bullets. Cora runs in and tells Millie to hide. The mother and daughter try to fight off the killer, but he's too strong for the two of them. He takes them down all too easily. Millie makes her way back trying her own tactics, but they prove fruitless. The butcher knocks her down and reads her the house down boots. As she lay there on the ground, she kicks him in the balls while Shar hits him over the head with a wooden chair, breaking it into shards. 
He drops to his knees, and when he does, Millie stabs him in the back with one of the wooden shards, and finishes him off by kicking it in further all the way through the front of his chest. The butcher plops down to his death as Millie states, I am a piece. I love the second ending. I really do. It's nice. It wraps everything up. Even better. Like I said, yeah, I wouldn't have minded if the movie had ended at the ambulance and she kissed Booker and everything would have been fine. Booker didn't have to have their real kiss be to, what does she call them? You know, if you kiss me, you're going to be kissing a serial killer with yellow teeth. (laughs) Yeah, but you're the real Millie to me. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) But this is great. They, um, at the end, like, like I said, they all trauma bonded because all of a sudden it's all, everything's happy go lucky at their household. And then all of a sudden, like, Millie hears a weird noise, and all of a sudden the house is empty and dark and it's spooky again. And she's investigating the strange noise, and the Blissfield Butcher, who was not dead, comes in to kill her finally. And aside from just coming to kill her, he shits on her whole life, saying about how she's weakling, and she caters to her mom, and she can't get over her dead dad, and that she's pathetic. And your anxiety, and you're pathetic. I've lived in your body. I can see why you fucking hate yourself. You fucking face hoe bag. You should just kill it's yourself. Stop! He's already dead. But Millie comes through. We love our final girls. We love our final girls. She finally learns that I know your body too, bitch. Touches and falls, yeah. and we get like full Halloween 2018 family bonding, mm-hmm. attacking Vince Vaughn, and she decides that you know what. I am a fucking piece. That's a great ending line. I don't know. This is... Chef's kiss. Also, that... Chef's kiss to this. That final kill of Millie, like, kicking the stake through his chest was amazing. Because it, it, for me, it kind of solidified her character arc of no longer being the weak and timid, you know... Pushover. Yeah, that she was at the beginning. I love it. I love it. Everything wrapped so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We finished our first film in our April Fool's month. I want to know, what are you giving this week's movie on your final score? So, I think we've made very valid points here in solidifying in why this is a great movie to watch. So I'm going to say to buy it. Because I do buy it. Ooh. And unfortunately, I don't know if you can buy this physically, but you can stream it. Um, I've streamed it. Uh, this is I, I had to watch it three times. I watched it the first time. I had to watch it a second time for the pod, and then I watched it third time for the story beats. And I thoroughly enjoyed it each and every time. In all honesty, it, it, it's it's got rewatchability, which is very nice coming from a horror comedy. Because sometimes the comedies you watch them too many times, and you're good. And same joke <laughs> runs thin. Yeah. <laughs> but what are your scores? Buy it. Buy this wonderful surprise movie. I really can't overstate that this is like under the radar. Like it came and then it mm-hmm. went. And I think that's really unfortunate because this movie's smart. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn delivers. The jokes are fantastic. The physical comedy is great. The kills. The, do it for the kills. 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 Are great. Do They're it for the kills. They're bloody and graphic. They're creative. My final question for you, though, it's time to consult the scale-o-meter of our horror comedy percentages. Let's see that screen! What are you going to give the percentage from horror to comedy on this one? What is the ratio? It's a hard one. A little bit, because this movie for me 
very much is more on the comedy side for me and that's not a bad thing by any means i want to say it's like from horror to comedy ratio it's more like for me it's 30 percent horror 70 percent Ooh, okay okay i can see that i can absolutely what see about that. you for for me i'm gonna say more like 60 40 on this <laughs> mainly because there's the the setup devices for all the deaths are straight up horror. Mm -hmm. They tell a lot more jokes, but it is a straight setup for horror and the kills are what push it a little bit more mm -hmm. in the horror section for me. So 40% horror, 60% comedy. Hey, our scores are very similar. They're very close. Mm -hmm. um, On the nose, but, very much But so. I agree, like, is when it's comedy, it's comedy. And when it's horror, it really does switch to horror. Like there's still like notes of comedy within those horror beats. But when mm -hmm. the, when it does hit to horror, it goes to those classic horror tropes that are so recognizable. You're like, oh, this is still very much a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you hit it on the nail on the head. Listeners, next week is a boobular-tastic episode. We finally get to talk the legend, the icon, the queen of the macabre herself. The Carpenter Queens are dishing out their best boob jokes and loving it. Our recommended flick for next week is 1988's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh my god, I am so, I am so excited. This was like maybe top three of the movies I was so stoked for for season two. Because this has been on the board since the beginning. Since season one, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Hello, horror icon, comedy queen herself, Elvira. I'm legend. I'm ready. Literal living legend. Oh, I'm so excited. If you like what you hear, you can follow the queens on Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Our Twitter is at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography. My personal account is at STFU Ray. We would love for you all to leave a comment and rate the podcast wherever you are streaming. If you love what you hear, hit that subscribe or follow button. I just said that. I said that twice, but oh well. Hit that subscribe and follow button, bitch. Thank you, everybody. It's, I'm so excited. This month is going to be a blast. It's going to be so fun. This is our, our last month, y'all. This is our, our season finale, so soak it up, bitch. Oh, wait a minute, bitches. <laughs> that concludes this week's episode, y'all. I'm sorry if you <laughs> stayed you, around for all this nonsense this long. But stay safe, <laughs> stay queer, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, bye everybody. Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye.